Airstrike standing by. Airstrike on the way. Giving you real hot takes and honest opinions on today's hottest topics and trends. This is Audio Airstrike. Once again, this is another edition of Audio Airstrike, and I'm your host, Everett Hall McNeil. Thank you for joining us. Now, my special guest at this time, he is a vocal coach. He is also the lead vocalist for Small Town Titans. He's also a working musician and also a teacher. Ladies and gentlemen, Philip Freeman. What's up, Everett? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on this. I'm excited. We got some like cool topics to go over today. So, uh, yeah, very happy to be on the program. Man, this, it's been a minute. I'm I'm happy that this yeah. is kind of like a reunion, and at the same time, it's a it's a reunion that everybody can kind of fill in and enjoy, uh, because this yeah. is the first time we talked in like a a year. Has it been a year? I or think several it's been like months? At least a year. Was it? What was it? Was it? Was it the Millennium Music Conference last time we talked? Yeah, it was. It was that it event. Was. Yeah, it yeah. was that event. I yeah. think it was earlier this year. That's right, at the MMC. Yes, indeed. I think that's what it was. Cool. Very cool. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, it's, it's been it's been a great year so far. There's been a lot that's been going on um, behind the scenes. And uh, actually, Ben just got back from a tour, and um, and I just got done um, recording a, a song with my girlfriend that we're going to be doing uh, a release on here in the next few days uh her and i play together as a, as a duo called the sea on the wolf so um all kinds of stuff going on behind man it's been crazy and uh so how have things been with you dude like with, with podcasts and everything I, I we were talking earlier before we started uh started um rolling here you said that you've been doing this for about a year a year and a half or so is that correct yeah, so Audio Airstrike at first was a podcast that I started yeah. in 2014. It was a totally different name, and it oh, went okay. yeah, it went through some it, it went it went through some trials and tribulations. But eventually, I did a rebrand for it. Long story short, and this is what it has this is what it has become today. So this Great. is this is pretty yeah. much uh, this is every week. I'll uh, bring a guest on, and we'll sit there. We'll talk about some of the the hottest topics of the week. And then take it from there. And sometimes, sometimes we'll we'll, we'll agree, and then there's other times we probably won't. <laughs> All right, fair enough, dude. I'm 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 game, man. I am game for anything. So yeah, good stuff, dude. Very cool. Very very cool. Yeah. So let's uh let's get into this first topic now. Um, I don't know if this to me, this may feel like. Uh, participation award, in, in my opinion, but I'll let you decide this, and I'll let the folks decide this at home. So, yeah. the yeah. Oscars are introducing a new category called Outstanding Popular Film or Outstanding Achievement in a Popular mm-hmm. Film. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. to me, this feels like a part, like this, to me, this feels like a you know, good participation into our field, pretty much. This feels like this is the award right. you give the popular movie of the year for the non-film buff so they can have something to cheer about. Or, I mean, it, it seems like uh, they're, it, it really seems like they're reaching. This is my personal opinion. Yeah. I don't know I'll how you feel about it. Yeah, I'll be honest with you, man. It has been years since I tuned into the Oscars. 
I, I think it's been almost a decade since I've watched that show. Wow. Um, since I've watched the watched the uh, uh, award show, because you know, honestly, man, it 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 was. I mean, Pearl Jam said it best. They won a Grammy in the '90s, and Eddie Vedder went up and essentially said, "Ah, cool. I I don't. I have no idea what this means." And I kind of don't care. <laughs> and I was like, it, that, watching that speech sort of made me realize, oh my gosh, wait a second. Yeah, well, like it's cool to get an Oscar, it's cool to get a Grammy, and it shows that you achieve things. But it's honestly, at the end of the day, it's just a popularity contest among certain individuals. You know, uh, it's like it, it's a club that it's a club of people that decide whether or not a, a movie's worth going to see. And, you know, most of the time, like, Academy Award-winning movies are pretty damn good, but there are others that are just, like, there are some that I've seen that just make no sense and are pieces of crap, honestly, and they just, like, you know, they won the political, you know, popularity contest. So, I think it's, I think that the Academy is just trying to bring, you know, viewers like me back with this new category. But honestly, I don't think it's going to work because I, like, I watch movies because I enjoy them. And because, and honestly, I'm going to go with what people, like, I, like you know how it is, like, when you look at Google reviews or you look at, like, you know, Netflix reviews, I'd rather go by what, you know, the, what the majority of people say rather than a, you know, rather than, a, like, just, like, a, an elite small number of people. I feel like we're entering a, an age now where uh, normal people have a lot more say on things and that Academy is losing grip on that. You, so, like, I'm sure, like, he, like, what's your favorite Netflix uh, series right now, man? Like, do you watch, do you watch Netflix? Yeah, I tune into, uh, I tune into Netflix every once in a while. Um, it, I, yeah. I used to do it a lot more heavy before uh, things changed, but I have to say that Stranger Things is high up there. Uh, Mindhunter was high up there. Um, Ozark yeah, yeah. was high up there. So um, Black Mirror, yes. like all that stuff. It's just, yeah, such good writing, such good stuff. And like that thing, like the people, like we, it was critically acclaimed because people, it was like a word of mouth thing. Like people just kept talking about it. And though they're, they're like, you know, award worthy, the, that whether they win an award or not isn't the point. The point is that it's just really great art, and it doesn't have to have an award behind its name in order to be amazing. So, you know, I just don't think I'm not going to tune into to the Academy Awards and like to to see what happens. You know, that's just my thing. Now, will so, I will say this, and I'm gonna play devil's advocate here. All right, all right, cool, go for it. Let Let's be for real. When you get an Academy nomination or win the thing, even just the nomination alone, when you are trying to market a film Academy Award nominated or Academy Award winner for such and such category does intrigue you more to probably go watch it to a point. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about you specifically, but right. to some audiences, maybe more towards the film, maybe more, to, maybe more towards the film buffs like me. 
it does kind of strike a chord where it's like, well, did, did this did win an Oscar, so maybe I should take a look at it. I will say this, you know, I think like the the one the one place where they I think the Academy has consistently gotten it, gotten it right is with like you know best actors and actresses in roles like you know best supporting role best best um, lead roles because usually when I hear and that's a good point because usually when I hear that an Academy Award winning actor is in a is in some type of movie coming up I'm like you know what I'm gonna go see that because they're Academy Award winning, and I know that they are they are a kick-ass actor or actress. You know, that, that's usually, that usually does um, pique my interest. But there, here's a perfect example of somebody that, like, you know, never won an Academy Award until they were, like, late, late, late in life. Um, Christopher Plummer is a great actor that never got a nomination. <laughs> the whole thing with Leonardo DiCaprio. He, he like, I, does he have an Academy Award now? I forget. Yeah, he does for The Revenant. Okay, he does. For Finally. For the time, he had no Academy Award. And, you know, he's an incredibly good actor. So, um, you know, you have all these instances uh, of, of really good actors and actresses that just never got, uh, never got acknowledged by the Academy or, ne- I mean, were nominated but never won. Um so, you know, it, though it might pique my interest, it's not like the be-all, end-all. It's like I might want to see that film more because of that, but it's like, like I, it kind of comes back to I, I'm probably going to watch a movie more likely because a friend of mine recommended it. Like, Everett, if you said something like if you recommended a movie to me, I'd probably be way more likely to watch it because you said something than hearing something from the Academy, for example. So uh, that's just like that's my, just my thought on it, honestly. And I think, like I said before, that the Academy is just like kind of like pulling a straw up here. And like, you know, like TV's kind of going to the wayside now. It's kind of like going to the wayside. Like, like it's like VHS tapes at this point. It's uh, like watching broadcast and cable television. It's just kind of like if people are way, I, at least in in my personal experience here like what i like to do is just go on youtube or go on netflix or you know yes it's no it's no point of having cable in 2018 it's no it's no point exactly so i think they're just trying to you know appeal some way somehow but i just feel like they need to there's there's something something's got to give you know uh, as far as that's concerned and i think they're kind of like yeah, I, they might be going about it in a way that just, eh, well, it doesn't, doesn't speak the word. You also have to but factor. We'll see. we'll see what happens. Yeah. You also have to factor this in, too. That's an older generation voting for these films yeah, sure. that are coming out now. So they're not going to be hip to what's in now. What are kids thinking like now? You know, they're holding on to what they you know, some of their experiences as well or what they're, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I'm not going to say it's the blind leading the blind. I'm not going to be that harsh. Um, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I'm not going to be that harsh no. about it, but I do, I no, do think fine. that it, that it is an older generation that doesn't understand what is the movie goer enjoying in 2018? What are the film buffs going to see in 2018? When you have an older generation like that, and I'm not trying to put down older folk, but I mean, let's be for real. There's always a 
miscommunication or, or always a challenge to try to understand the generation that's after you. Yeah. Regardless uh, I mean, of what it is. Sure. That makes sense. That makes sense. Gosh, I feel that way now. Like like with with uh with the young generation, like these fifteen year olds and stuff like that. I feel like so out of touch, you know, with a lot of that. So even now, so it's uh it's funny how that all works. But uh yeah, that'll be interesting to see how how that all goes. Uh, you know, just to see what happens with with the academy and how this uh how this is received by by the general public if it does even if it does even make an impact we'll see what happens well if enough people complain about it and call it trash they're probably going to go back to the drawing board and come up with another <laughs> thing so we'll yeah. see how that goes we'll see. Yeah. definitely and uh speaking of trash it looks like dave batista is tired of the trash that dizzy is giving him and it looks like if they do not keep the script that James Gunn, who was the fired or former and fired director for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, if they do not yeah. keep his script, he has threatened to quit. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I, I really I, I did see that. And I've seen Guardians of the Galaxy um, before, at least, like, at least the first film. And I really enjoyed Dave Bautista in that. So it'd be it'd be sad to see him go if they end up doing this. Now, I I, I honestly don't know like the backstory to, to James Gunn and the reason why he was fired. Do you know like what what the deal is here? Like why James Gunn, Gunn got fired? So long story short, there were some tweets that came out where I guess he was talking about a certain film or cracking a certain joke that okay. had kind of a joke in there that could be taken as he was talking about pedophilia. Um, okay. but the, but the tweets were from like 2008, 2009 ish. So around that time, Oh, geez. so he got let go when the truth, when the tweets got exposed or when somebody was digging, or should I say conspiracy theorist Everett over here? I think somebody inside that department kind of did that to him. If I mean, cause it makes no sense to try to go after somebody's tweets from 10 years ago. You're a different person than you were 10 years ago. So oh, yeah, that's, dude. that's, that's just oh, my, my conspiracy. Yeah. So he got let go for that. Yeah, was, yeah. And Batista has been very, 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 very team James Gunn. He's been very, very outspoken. Uh, he's been very, 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 you know, outright like, Hey, James Gunn is a, James Gunn is a good dude. He has not done anything wrong. Um, you know, it's it's very it's very 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 very, you know, trifling and wrong. Based on paraphrasing what how he feels, but yeah. long story short, like it's getting to that point where you know he had a conversation with Chris Pratt, who is more of the Chris Pratt is more like me in terms of he kind of has a strong religious background. So he says so. Basically, mm-hmm. Chris Pratt has decided to pray about it in my opinion there's nothing wrong with that batista is more militant about his approach where he's like no i'm rolling up in that office like ice cube and the lynch mob no not really just cracking jokes (laughs) 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 and if and if that script changes i'm gone basically is where he's getting at so i mean I respect Dave for, for having his opinion here. And I mean, I hope that it kind of like, you know, it works out for the best. I, I just think it's, I, 
we live in an age where, like, I just think about some of the stuff that I said and things that I'm sure are floating around from what I said when I was a freshman in college. Because, like, 2008, that's what I was. I was a freshman in college. I probably said some really dumb stuff online, you know? And and that's, like, I am, like, I, I'm, I'm still, you know, I'm still me, obviously. But there are things that I probably said then that I would not say now, you know? It's just, it, it just, and, and the fact that somebody's trying to dig that up and trying to, like, the fact that James Gunn can get fired for something he said 10 years ago. One tweet that's, like, a joke that might have been mis, like, you know, it, it misrepresented or mis, you know, mistranslated. That's, that's some cause for concern, you know? Like, the fact that that can happen, like. Because truth be told, that could be anybody. Yeah, it could be anybody. You know, it's, you know, and I think that there's some, now there is some merit to like some of the things being exposed, like the whole, like the whole Me Too movement. Like, I think that's a really, really cool thing. Like in, in certain circumstances, I think it's great to see that people are speaking out and, um, you know, guilty parties are being exposed for who they truly are. Um, I think sometimes it can turn into more of a witch hunt than anything, but this is like, you know, this is the other side of it where, Generally, good people that may have done, they may have like made a bad joke or you know done something that was just you know off-putting once or twice, are now getting like the same treatment as somebody like you know what what's his face that the, the producer, um, the executive producer um, that that got all that um, you know the, the, the piece of crap essentially that that um, uh, molested everyone and their mother. In Hollywood, what's his name? Um, you talking about uh, uh, Roman Polanski, Harvey Kevin Spacey, Weinstein, Harvey Weinstein? Weinstein. Yeah. yeah, Harvey Weinstein and Kevin Spacey. Essentially, like, Dang, I just named like three people. Getting like, yeah, those two people essentially like they're getting the same treatment. Like James Gunn is essentially getting the same treatment as those two individuals. Like you know, like he's getting fired for something that he tweeted ten years ago. Now, granted, I haven't read the tweet. I don't know what it's all about, but I'm sure it's not. As, I'm sure that it's not as um, it, it, it's not something that would um, cause it, it just it just seems crazy that he would get fired over one thing like one thing that he said you know I just that this seems a little crazy so I hope that they keep James Gunn's script for the for the most part and I hope that they can reach some type of compromise I'm kind of on Batista's side. Here, like you know, given the circumstances, obviously I don't know everything about it, but with the information that I have, I, I say Batista is in the right, you know, like but because it's ridiculous, like for them to, you know, base like someone's career off of one tiny little thing that they might have said wrong ten years ago. That stuff's got to stop. <laughs> like that's just like that's like what whatever happened to forgiveness, forgiving and forgetting, you know. Turning the other cheek, and, and I mean, unless like James Gunn, there's something about him that like we don't know. Like he has a pervasive um, uh, um, track record of bad behavior. Like if that's the case, if that was the case, to... it would have been reported way. It would yeah, have been exactly. reported a long time ago. I don't think that's the case precisely. with James Gunn at all. Yeah, yeah, precisely. So I, I, I think this is just a smear campaign. On a good guy, and you know, good for Batista, man. I think he's got. I think he's doing the right thing. You know, 
because it's, it's got like all this political crap like with trying trying to be like you know correct with everything and make everybody happy and you know it just if somebody says one offensive thing that is just that's too much and that it could, like one tiny little thing can ruin somebody's career that's too much dude I would never want anybody to do that to me and I would never want to do anyone to do that to anyone it takes a lot for me to be like okay you're done uh, that's it like you know you should give people second chances so that's my thought on yeah. the matter with that this this is the problem that I have with this sugarcoat society that we're in. Yeah. I I really don't get what the issue is with this sugarcoated society that we're in. Because when I'm sitting over here and I'm looking at this, the tweet came out doggone near a decade ago. He was a different person back then. Back then you could actually yep. say stuff like that and nobody's going to think the worst of you. Um it's probably just one of those, you know, it's no different from a comedian going up on stage and telling a, a raunchy joke that probably would, you exactly. know, warrant like laughter and shock like what? But due to due to the reaction, due to the society that we're in, this man's job is now canceled and the only thing that is the only fingerprint that's left on everything that he's done is really the script. Yeah. That's just sad. And the sad thing, and I will say this, he was responsible for the creative direction of the first two Guardians of the Galaxy. So now it's called into question if that's going to change. Now it's called into question of the vibe that is going to be on set after this. I guarantee you it ain't going to be nothing like the first two movies. Uh, Of course. Because of the sour taste in Batista's mouth, that's going to rub off on the entire cast Mm -hmm. going forward. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they rebound, how they group, how they regroup. Yeah. How do you keep, you know, because yeah. Batista's very, very outspoken. If he don't like something, I mean, yeah. I followed I followed his career from when he was a wrestler up until when he yeah. transitioned into Hollywood. So he's always yeah. been outspoken if he didn't like something. And he's from D.C. You really mm-hmm. think he's going to keep his mouth shut? No. <laughs> he's from yeah. dc people forget that he's from like a rough part I, of dc people forget that and he's cuban he's not gonna keep I, his mouth shut yeah i have friends that grew up in dc and they don't keep their mouth shut look at henry rollins for example he doesn't keep his mouth shut he so, doesn't yeah yep yep i like people like that good stuff good stuff but yeah i hope it all works out you know like i think i think you and i are on the same page here after he's just like you know people just need to call him the hell down and just let you know allow people like stop being so shocked all the time you know and and a man's career shouldn't be based on one tweet you know it sounds like there was like more to the story maybe james like upset some producer because he wanted to something a certain way and that producer just like you know went on a smear like smeared him because he didn't want him around and this was an excuse for them to fire because he didn't like they didn't Gun didn't want to play their game. That's what my thought is. It's just, it's just too, it's too simple and too stupid to be something like, and maybe that's the case, but that's like, you know, yeah. I feel like you and I are into like thinking of conspiracy and stuff. So, who knows? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's rough out here. <laughs> yeah. Trying to. It is indeed. 
and and that's the thing, man. You got so many toxic people that that I mean it, that just want to see the world burn. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's and, true. And it's one of those things now where they are hiding behind this. We're trying to make sure that everything is fair and is everything is fair and impartial. When in reality, you're using the very tactics that have caused division and confusion from the past generation. So what are we really doing here? You're just putting on a mask yeah. of, oh, we want everybody to get along or we want everybody to have a fair shot. No, not really. Not when you're doing stuff like this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like that. That's the thing. As soon as, like, if you want to give everybody a fair shot, give everybody a fair shot. Not, not just don't give this one kid a fair shot, and then the other person, like, you know, don't treat the other person like shit because they said something that you don't like. You know, just because you don't agree with somebody doesn't mean you have to be offended and completely shut them out of your life or like. That's the thing, and I know we're going to probably get into this with this with this next topic here, is that, you know, like, you may disagree with somebody wholeheartedly on something. It does not mean that you can't have a conversation with them. It doesn't mean that you can't, like, you know, work things out and find something that you can find common ground on, you know? I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are not willing to find common ground with somebody that they don't agree with, or that if there's one tiny little thing that you just don't see eye to eye on that's like that's the be all end all that's it oh that one tweet came out james gunn well guess what i'm not your friend anymore goodbye that's ridiculous there's no such thing as being able to agree with somebody 100 percent. like that's just like you like that's every that would be like you saying well i like pecan pie and i'm like well i hate pecan pie goodbye forever we're not doing this anymore (laughs) all of my social media like, how ridiculous is that? <laughs> yeah, it's very ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. It yeah. yeah, speaking of things that we don't know if it's going to work out or not, depending on what's been happening. So there's been a yeah. certain star in Hollywood, especially on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, that has been yes. pummeled with a sledgehammer, kicked yes. aside, all that type of stuff. So long story Great. short... They have been urging the Los Angeles City Council and the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce to remove Donald Trump's star from the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Fine. Why don't you why don't you get rid of Kevin Spacey's while you're at it? Because it's right next to it. Kevin Spacey's is right next to Donald Trump. Like, dude, like, yeah, I'm not a big fan of Trump. I'll be the first person to say it. There are certain things that he has done during his administration that I'm like, oh, God. And, like, it's just, but there's other things that are, like, you know, it's kind of cool. And then you look and you see that, like, there's Kevin Spacey's star. Like, why is that not getting the same treatment? It's just like, dude, oh, my God. (laughs) So, I mean, if if it gets removed, it gets removed, whatever. But, like, you know, are you going to do that for, are there going to be other, uh, stars that you're going to remove like are you like are you going to remove some stars from like you know some celebrities that have that from the 50s uh, i'm just saying got, like, you know it's just like i'm just saying bill cosby star is still well, there yeah by the end of the by the end of everything we might as well have like you know a regular sidewalk you know <laughs> so we're going to remove you know one guy star 
we might as well remove the others too, because like that's the thing. If you're gonna if you're gonna vandalize that star, you might as well vandalize the others that are uh, like much more guilty of much more awful things. You know, so I just it it one thing that happened that I just it really makes me sad. Like after this whole election, and I feel like some people really, some people that we don't know about, probably like in the higher ups and echelons of political stuff that I have no idea about, probably wanted this to happen. This past election polarized the nation like no other. We had two candidates that were just not ideal. Like it was just kind of like, ah, how did they? How did that happen? <laughs> like it's just kind of like making you scratch your head. Yeah, it's and, like this is the best we have. Yeah, dude. This is the and best just, we have. You know, yeah, it's just like, it's so, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of like, I decided to like, I didn't vote for either of the two candidates, you know, that's just my, and, but I don't, here's uh, the thing, Lord if you Phil. voted for Hillary, you know, what's up? Don't, did you, did you just say you didn't vote? Well, no, I did vote, that's the thing. Oh, okay, I you did vote. vote. I was about to say, man. I, <laughs> I took, I took. I I definitely um, uh, enacted on my right as a citizen to vote, and I did. I just I just didn't vote for either Hillary or Trump, and I know that seems like I, I did it out of my conscience. I could not bring myself to pick either of those two candidates. You know, that was just like my my personal thought on the matter. Um, and uh, I, you know, after after Trump won. You know, I just, I was kind of surprised, first of all. Uh, number two, I ended up seeing people just go stark raving mad, it's like super, super angry about about the, the outcome. And, you know, at first I was a little taken aback. I was scared that, like, there was going to be a lot of violence and that there was, like, things were going to start falling apart at the scenes after this election because of how polarizing it was. But it ended up not being as bad as I thought it would. And the more angry people got and the more, like, the more vocal that certain people got against Trump, the more ridiculous the arguments became. It was just like, dude, like, you're not going to even have a conversation with somebody who voted for Trump. Like, I don't care who you voted for. You know, like, let's have a conversation about stuff. Well, but there are the certain people, even like that. No, you can you keep going. I was just gonna say, you know, there are certain people who will shut you out because you voted for the other individual. Like, will not have a conversation with you, you know, because you think differently, and that you voted for a certain person for 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 certain, um, you know, for certain common sense. Uh, reasons, you know, I'm I'm not going to fault somebody for voting for, you know, Clinton or Trump, even though that's something that I didn't want to bring myself to do. You know, I have friends who who voted for either of the two candidates, but I'm not going to shut them out completely because they did that. And there's a lot of people who are doing that or doing ridiculous things like vandalizing, you know, like vandalizing a piece of. You know, just like it's like it's it, 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 vandalizing a sidewalk, essentially. Like, why are you putting your energy into that when you could be putting that energy into actually making some type of positive change? You know, or like, or just voting. See, this is my problem with people. Or just voting. Yeah, this is my problem. Like, this I is think, a, yeah, this is my this is my dead problem with people. 
and I didn't mean to cut yeah, you off, dude. but this is my problem with folks. So y'all quick to get out in the streets, protest Trump, doing all this, vandalizing stuff, vandalizing the sidewalk, telling them to get out. That's all well and good. Where the hell was y'all at come election day? That's all I'm saying. Where was y'all at coming election day? Y'all was quiet as a church mouse, didn't go out and vote because Bernie wasn't getting the, the Democratic nomination, and now you mad. You had the power in your hands with your vote. I can't. There's one type of person I can't stand. I can't stand somebody that complains, complains, complains about politics, but when election day comes around, when November comes around, and it's time to, to put that vote into the ballot, you quiet, you silent, you don't show up. Yeah. You ain't walking around with voter, no I voted sticker. Like for voter, real? Voter turnout this voter turnout this year was really low, if I remember correctly. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. Yeah, and I and I and I and I could understand why, but at the same time, they have to look at themselves and sleep and sleep with that that they basically slept on this and he won because of it. They have to live with that yep. for the rest of their life. For the rest of their life, forever. You didn't do your job yeah. as an American, so you so this is what you got. And now, six to ten months, or however however long his uh, term is, you have to live with that. Every time you yeah. complain, you have to live with the fact that you didn't go out and vote. That's on right. you. I don't want to hear about this electoral college stuff because all it takes yeah. is a few votes. I understand what the electoral college is, the electoral college's purpose is. However. It is your job as a citizen to go out and vote. Period. I don't want to hear no complaining from somebody that didn't vote. None. I get that. I like. I I see where you're coming from, dude. And and you know, obviously, I'll always take the chance to to vote because you know it it it's one of those things where like if we had a better voter turnout, I feel like things would have been swayed in in certain ways that weren't before. I think. But, like, you know, looking at how the Democratic nomination got pulled from Bernie and was given to essentially Hillary, I can see why people um, are just so fed up with the system that they were just like, oh, whatever, I'm, I'm done with it, you know, and, and don't feel like it worked, you know. So that's maybe the reason why people don't go out and vote is because they feel like they're voting in a broken system, that their voice isn't being heard, that they've tried again and again and again to make that happen, but now it's not happening. Oh. I don't think that that's the case. I still think that there, there is power in, in being able to vote your conscience um, and that I feel like it could have been done better. I think it's honestly, maybe it's, it's about education, having people educate themselves on how to vote, on how to get registered with their local office because you know maybe it's like these kids think that they can vote and they walk in and they realize that they haven't taken the proper steps in order to make that happen you know there are a few steps that you have to take in order to make sure that you can vote you know you got you can't vote in you can't you know you can't vote twice you got to make sure that your your voter card registration is with the right borough or district or whatever you know so maybe making sure the kids know how to do that maybe making sure that there's like some type of you know social studies uh curriculum like mandatory to make sure that you know every kid before they turn 18 knows the process of knowing how to vote you know and they don't have to figure that out for themselves so and uh kind of along the topic you know one thing that i've you know i've been living my life 
ever since 2016, ever since he was like, you know, Trump was, was inaugurated and very little has changed about my life for the worse. I'm, I'm living a good life, you know, and just because Trump is president doesn't like, it doesn't affect my individual life right now. You know, I mean, has it affected yours ever? Um, I, I mean, it's pretty much, it's pretty much, I, I wouldn't say it's the same cause there's a lot that's actually, I'm in a better spot now than I was when he got in. Um, yeah. so okay. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where, and this is what I have to tell people also as well. Whoever is in office does not dictate where your destiny goes. You are in control. Of that. Amen to that. Exactly. So, dude. I, like that's the thing i feel like people are so invested in that it's like don't be invested in that be, invest in yourself you know invest in that invest in your life invest in what you're doing at the very moment don't put so much energy into other people because your life is your life you know absolutely and i think people get i think people get so caught up in the hoopla and what is now that they forget Oh, okay. What do I want out of life? Because there's so many people pulling at them in different directions, telling them, hey, you should go do this. Hey, you should go do that. Like, bro, really sit down, close the door, just take a moment and be in silence. What do you really want out of life? My brother, my sister, what do you really want out of life? This is what you want. Then go after that. Stop listening to what these other people that have no idea what your dreams and goals are guiding you and trying to gear you into something that you don't want and you're going to be mad at them for the rest of your life go after what you want to do don't worry about political policies and stuff like that now look whatever your dream is make sure you're not hurting other people to get there that's all i got to say about that but your dream is your dream yeah exactly you know what i mean so as long as you ain't hurting other people with your dream then go ahead and do that you know what I'm saying? But I, I just I just really don't understand why people lean on the political side of stuff that, oh, they screwed me over. Hey, in a certain area, in a certain district, I oh, oh in a certain area, a certain district, I could get with that. However. Yeah, like a local thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah, if 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 they was in the ghetto saying this and I know some people are going to roll their eyes, I could actually see how that could be a problem. Because Absolutely. they're trying to get money off you anyway, and prison's a money-making machine. Don't get it twisted. That prison system oh, is a money-making machine. Dude. I'm right there with you, man. So, I, like one of my favorite songs is by System of a Down, and it's called Prison Song. It just talks about how corrupt that system is, and it's just I, I really hope that there's like you know something can be done about that. You know, yeah, any, was, anybody that's that's for prison reform, I'm I'm right there with them. It doesn't matter what side of the, the aisle they're on something's got to be done about that right because it's too corrupt and also i, I was uh, talking with my mom my mom told me this my mom told me she heard this on the radio that a cop had like several pairs of nikes like in a truck he just left it there now keep in mind the cop this is a this is a cop this is a cop that got all his certifications to be a cop all the awards all this and that he set a pair of Nikes there or multiple pairs of Nikes in this truck left unlocked. Use that as bait. The second that anybody opened that door or tried to look in that Nike box, 
They were pulling them people up and arresting them. That's how effed up that whole situation was. All for a quota, all to make sure that they have a mark on them so when they get older, they can now be used as, in a way, they can be used for the system to make more money. Right. I mean, that... I mean, that's a certain circumstance. I do. I mean, I honestly, that's just an example of a a really cheap, that's just a cheap, that's a cheap way to get, get arrest and try to make that happen. I I'm, I'm there with you. I'm right there with you, man. But you know, the other thing is, is that, I mean, there's a, there's a there's a more complicated situation in the sense that, you know, the, the people that were going by had a choice whether or not they wanted to, you know, get into that, trunk i don't know like the whole situation with that i i can think of a lot of other circumstances and situations where i mean that's that's one individual situation yeah yeah but i'm just giving you an example how corrupt it could be right yeah and that's and that's the thing like you said we shouldn't get to it shouldn't get to the point where you're doing like baiting like that in order for that to happen if anything wouldn't it be cool if that was like like what would make the story really cool is if the cop actually had all those Nikes and, you know, say that one, say that one kid went to, to try to do that, stops him and says, listen, I know that you were about to steal those Nikes. You probably need a pair of shoes. So here's what's going to happen. You're either going to get charged for, for, you know, charged for misdemeanor, you know, um, yeah, like a misdemeanor charge for, for, you know, um, Sorry, I got distracted. There's a bunch of motorcycles going by. <laughs> um, for for you know for stealing, or we can, or you can take the Nikes with you. There'll be no record whatsoever. If you know, like maybe there's like some some type of incentive. If anything, the cops should have just given them the shoes. You know, you or take them to a back to school program or something like that. Yeah, exactly, dude. Like I mean, that's just kind of like. I think there was some, there was, I watched this video of a guy who, who described it perfectly that, you know, probably 80% of the cops that are out there are good cops and 20% are just pieces of shit. But here's the thing. If you are drinking from the tap and you're told by the township that 80% of the water is clean, however, 20% of it is sewage, that's still going to see, it doesn't matter. When you turn on that faucet, you want to know that that water is clean 100% of the time, you know? So, like, where, where is the disconnect? Why are these pieces, like, why are these less-than-fit individuals getting into the law enforcement system? What's causing them to, to be able to get through and get the certifications and, you know, exist as terrorists in uniform? You know, it might be one out of 20 and the other 19 are serving and protecting. But this one guy just ruins it for everybody. Like you want it to be like 20 out of 20 solid individuals who are who are good, who are like, you know, serving the community. And like, where does that start? You know, like, where do you where do you essentially draw the line? And, you know, they actually like it, it, it's interesting. I think like to become a cop. It's only like about three to six months uh, to be able to become a, a, a cop here in the United States. Is where in Europe I think it's like two to three years of schooling 
like, you know, like the, it, it, they take it more seriously there. And education is way more of a priority as where it's the amount of people here. I don't know. You know, I, I haven't heard an argument for why that is or why that, why that's the case, but it'd be interesting to hear. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very, very, very rough ratio because I feel my heart does go out to the officers that actually believe in protecting and serving the community. Um, because mm-hmm. the twenty percent, the other twenty percent of these officers that are giving y'all a bad name, um, mm-hmm. the twenty percent of these officers that are giving these good folks a bad name, is really contaminating what the standards of a cop should be. And I've, and I've said this to some people that I feel like due to this, I feel like the police officer has become easily the most hated occupation in the country just because of the 20% that have decided to go down a road that they shouldn't be going down. I, it's, it's, I wouldn't say like, I mean, it, I wouldn't say that they're hated, but I, I would say that, Bruh, it's that I, it's, yeah, because I got, you know, I was, there's, there, there have been times where a cop is like driven by me and, you know, asks me questions about who I am and what I'm doing. Like just the other night, I just got home from tour and a cop car went by and it backed up all of a sudden really quickly. And I was just like, hi, how you doing? And I just wanted to make sure that, you know, my hands were shown and that I was like, you know, that that I wasn't making any sudden movement because I knew that if I if I did anything that would be suspicious, I might like I might be shot because that because that's the thing. It's like shoot first, ask questions later, you know, yeah, and it shouldn't and be like that. Only, yeah, it, it shouldn't be like that. No. Um and because and it, it's like one of those things where you're kind of dealing, it's almost like you're dealing with a wild animal. You don't know whether they're going to be nice and whether they're going to, you know, treat you with respect or they're going to get the wrong idea and you're going to end up in handcuffs. You know, it's just like, who knows? You know, now, now for their, it, I mean, granted, it, it, when you take it from, when you look at it from their perspective, they have no idea what they're encountering. Like, that's the thing. There's a lot of things that that they, depending on the cop, depending on the district, depending on the neighborhood, it might be like just, they might be seeing things that no other human being has ever seen. You know, that's the other thing, too. They might be, like, dealing with very traumatizing situations and have to be super, super cautious and super aware um, of things. But, like, it just, it, I do see where you're coming from, though, where it's just like, you know, it does. I think I saw a statistic where, you know, you're more likely to be, you know, killed by a cop than a terrorist. So <laughs> I think that's, I think that's uh, uh, something somewhere. And I would believe that to be true, most likely. Yeah. And when I'm, when I'm in, I know people are probably going to be triggered by like, oh my God, I ever just called the p- police department, the most hated occupation or police officers, the most hated occupation yeah, in the country. I, what is he wilding and thinking about? Here's what I'm saying about that. The optics of this will have you believe that because every time every, because now it's gotten to the point now where every other person has something negatively. Ha, now it's become to the point where now 
somebody has something always. Now, let me, I'll edit this. It has become to the point, it gets, yeah, it gets to the point now where when you ask people about police, it's like half and half. People always have this very, very, either a still a positive approach or it's negative. Mm -hmm. It's a very polarizing, like love or hate. There is no in between. I sit in the middle on it, man, because I know, like, there's cops that I know that are incredibly decent people and are doing exactly what they're supposed to do. They are protecting and serving. I've had some, I've had some positive. Um, most of, you know, most of my interactions with, with the law have been positive. There are other times, I mean, maybe like one or two times where I've dealt with an asshole. That's just like, you know, not the, I mean, it's like that, that just is, is pushing his weight around and trying to be, you know, like is power hungry, you know? And, and I go to like, you know, I go to a martial arts school, um, for, for, for jujitsu. And a lot of the guys there are, you know, are Baltimore PD. And, um, I mean, these are guys, and that's the thing. I feel like there's certain cops, like the, the cops that see the, like, see the most action. The ones that are in the, like, in the thick of things and are seeing all kinds of, dealing with all kinds of crazy people and dealing with kinds of crazy things are the ones that know what, know what's going on they have the training that's necessary in order not to hurt people in order not like to be way more situational aware than these rookies walking around and getting off on hurting people you know i feel like education is a big part of that the guys that know what they're doing that have been in the field and have seen the most are probably most likely the guys that you're going to want to trust the most um Maybe that's just because I'm biased because I, I know a, a few cops because I know what they've talked about. I've heard their stories, but you know, I haven't seen the other side of the coin as far as that's concerned. It's usually the cops that I don't know that I'm wary of. So I don't know. It, it, it's uh it's a situation where I know that there's a lot of problems, you know, with, with the, with the law enforcement. Um, I think that, I think the prison reform is absolutely necessary. I think that's a big, big part of it. I think the whole quota idea is a stupid idea um, and that it can be easily corruptible. I think that people can be easily corrupted and, and it's the thing. There's not, it like, I think the thing that concerns me sometimes is that people don't say anything about it. That's the thing. There was this huge um, uh, corruption uh, case against a bunch of Baltimore PD cops, like, you know, Baltimore PD cops uh, uh, that ran a drug raid, essentially. And no, and they did that for years. Nobody said anything about it until years later. Oh, you know, thank goodness they got caught. But like they are taught, it makes you wonder. They are taught. So I'm not. I'm when I say they, I mean that particular. I feel like here's here. This may wrinkle some feathers, so I'm just gonna say it anyway. <laughs> there are certain pockets of bad cops that do have a silent code where if something goes down, they protect each other. Now, here's where it gets really dicey. They teach the good cops to do the same thing and then threaten the future of the occupation for it. 
Don't sit over here right. and act like that don't go down because it does. Yeah. Oh, of course it does. I mean, like, it, like, it, like that. That's that's a huge thing where like they'll threaten the, the your livelihood if you're gonna if you protect and serve and make that the thing that's your that's your career and someone threatens that of course that's gonna silence you because you're thinking about your family the family's you know top a priority there but you know I just feel like the guys going into this you know like they they are sworn to protect and serve the Constitution and the people of the United States and that means everybody. So, you know, there's a, there's a really good movie called Kingdom of Heaven uh, with Orlando Bloom and Ed, Edward Norton's in it, Liam Neeson. I, it's, a, it's a movie about the Crusades uh, in, in the uh, in medieval times. And the king in one, uh, it, it's a king in a scene says, no matter what any, like essentially to paraphrase, no matter what anybody says, you have to follow your own conscience. Don't worry about what anybody else says. And maybe like an hour into the movie, the king is trying to um, crown the main character as the next king by killing off somebody else. And Orlando Bloom's like, somebody told me, you know, back in the day, that that I should follow my own conscience no matter what anybody else tells me. And that was you who said that. And the king says, oh, that's right. Yes, I did, didn't I? So you should follow your conscience. And I wish that people would do that more often rather than, you know, because you bring up a really good point. That's, uh, you know, that's something to keep in mind. You know, I wish there were just more people that would go by, that would take the risk of going by the dictates of their own conscience rather than thinking about the surface thing, you know. But there's not a lot of people like that. There's not a lot of people that would be willing to put everything on the line for the greater good. Phil, it sounds good, but very few people still have a backbone in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> True. Speaking, so. speaking of people with a backbone. Now, let me get to this. Folks, people come in all shapes and sizes. I don't know why you sitting here getting at this man about how he looks in a cosplay suit. So let's get to it. Grant Gustin, for those of you who don't remember or are familiar with this name, he is the lead actor of the popular CW show, The Flash. Now, he is coming under fire for a prototype of a new suit that has been circulating around online. And the outfit appears to have been made thinner from the traditional leather that features the flash emblem and a new mask that doesn't cover most of his chin. Now, there has been seriously some serious body shaming on him because he isn't muscular like the flash is in the comics. He's a little bit on the slimmer build and also criticism of the suit. Now, he has said, as far as body shaming, that is what pisses me off. I'm reading a quote from this. Not even just for my sake, he said. I've had 20-plus years of kids and adults telling me and my parents that I was too thin, but there is a double standard where it's okay to talk-ish about a dude's body. I do my best to stay in shape and add as much size as I th- as I can throughout these seasons. I'm naturally thin. My appetite is greatly affected by stress. 
Stress is something that ebbs and flows for me throughout a season. Thus, gaining weight is a challenge for me. And in an Instagram story, he said, F whoever put that photo up or leaked the photo. So this is how I feel about this. Y'all ain't got nothing better to do with y'all lives than to just body shame somebody for a suit over a film or a show. Seriously, y'all going to waste your time doing this. Y'all have nothing better to do. Some net thug or some, uh, some, uh, you know, keyboard warrior sitting over here on his computer, picking on this man for who's making a decent living, by the way, I guarantee you they at least like four seasons in. Yeah. And you're going to shame this man who it seems like from his past has already has dealt with a lot of body shaming in his past. Yeah. So he's genuinely affected by this. Yeah. It's rough, man. Y'all got to let y'all got to relax or or go bother somebody else. It's really ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. I can see how people. I can see how people would like, you know. I, I took a look at the photo here, and like, it does. I mean, it does look like it. Like he's a skinny guy, and it does look like the the, the suit is it, it, not the most flattering picture of him. But you know, to shame somebody because they're skinny, like, dude, like, first of all, when I think of the Flash, I think of a guy that's wiry, like, like, and like, and fat guys are usually pretty wiry, you know. Yeah. It's, and that's fine, dude. Like, if, if they want, if they want to, you know, switch things up, I'm cool with that. I'm not like, uh, like, I'm not a big like comic flash fan at all. But like, you know, I'm not gonna, like, I don't know. I think the whole body shaming thing is really stupid. Like, that's just like, that's like, why? What again? Why waste your energy on shaming somebody else and being cool about it? You know, I mean, if somebody's doing something stupid. And they're not like, you know, if you're seeing like someone on an exercise machine that doesn't know what they're doing and obviously they have the ability of knowing how to do it properly, you know, and it's a funny video, that's one thing. But when you make fun of somebody for something that they really can't help necessarily, it's kind of fucked up. And what's dicey about it, and what's dicey about it is you can kind of hear it in his comments and how he's reacting. This dude has dealt with that criticism early on as yeah. a kid. So it's like, yeah. goodness gracious, can you let the man be? <laughs> like, yeah. you yeah, got to be exactly. careful. So, you got to be really careful yeah. about, like, when people when people get made fun of for a certain thing over a long period of time, you got to yeah. be careful about that because then people don't have the temperament to be dealing with your little negative comments. They'll get you up out of here for that. true. But, they don't have I the mean, patience I, for I that. Hate, I hate to say it, man, and it, like this is this is going to sound like really harsh for me to say this. You know, you do, and though the risk may be low of that happening, like anybody who's a public figure, anybody that's going into a series takes the risk of of being made fun of. Gosh, like my band, like there's a few comments on it. Like my band just like came out with a new um, music video, and there's some trolling on there, dude. Some people just like to make fun of things or don't like things and like to be, you know, vocal about it in some way, shape or form. And that's fine. You know, and that's the thing. Like if, if a photo came out of me and like from a series that I was doing and people were making fun of, like maybe for example, for the fact that I'm bald, 
like like my head is shaved because in my family, uh, like on my mom's side of the family, that baldness runs deep, baby. <laughs> so like you know, if if a photo came out of me of like you know me with my hair in my bald spot, people started making fun of me about it. Sure, it would hurt a little bit, but I'd also just be like, you know what? It's whatever, man. And that thing, that's something I've been dealing with for a couple of years now. And it does it make me feel insecure, sure. But, you know, people are going to say what they're going to want to say. And, you know, because I'm out there, because, you know, photos are out there and stuff. But I, you know, taking it in stride is probably the best way to go about it. Um, I don't know. I haven't watched the tweet. Like, I haven't watched the videos. I haven't seen what his response is necessarily. Um, you know, I think it's justified, but, you know, at the same time, I don't think I would have reacted the same way he would have. But at the same time, I'm not in his shoes, you know? So yeah, you don't. I, I, think, I, I think, like, maybe, like, he could have he could have done it in maybe a more suave way. Dare. Or something of that nature, but like, and not react that way necessarily. <laughs> that man, but looked, at the same time, it, sorry, go ahead. I mean, and sorry to cut in, but that man looked. That man, I'm uh, here's. I'll edit this too. <laughs> so he looked exhausted and fed up with the comments when I saw the Instagram story. He looked fed up. Like, I've had enough of this. I've dealt with this throughout my life here and there. He looked fed up. That's why he said, F whoever leaked this. That's why he said, uh, F whoever leaked this. Because it's, he looked fed up, man. He looked like he was sick and tired of dealing with it. I mean, when when you get to that point and when that filter comes off, I mean, and, and your tongue becomes like an AK-47, you just going to spread everybody? Like, yeah, he was getting to that point. Yeah. So he I probably mean, had at enough. At the same time, he was, he was reading all the comments, though. That's something where, you know, you do have a choice as to whether or not you want to read the comments. You can just make another post. And, like, you can, you can move on from that. Or you can delete the post, you know? Um, like, you do, like, there, people are going to, you know, um, I, I, I just, I think there's a there's two sides to the story here. I don't think that people are justified for for shaming him, and I think it's, it's good that he did say something about it. But you know, I, I just he doesn't he does have a choice to, on how to react to it, and people are fucking cruel and will you know jump at the chance to be so, and sometimes they do so without even realizing what the hell they're doing. Um, so. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I understand why you would have been fed up, but at the same time, like, you know, if people are putting that kind of energy there, just like, you know, say something that's worth saying and, and move on. And I hope that he does that, you know, and uh, shame on those people for being so cruel about it, you know? In other words, cool. in other words, what Phil is really trying to say, I'll be his interpreter. Just because y'all life is trash and you ain't on the show. <laughs> Don't come for this guy trying to make a decent living. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's just trying to make a living, man. That's, that's cool. Like, he's trying to make a living, but he also chose that living, too. Being in the public eye, you know, you're going you're gonna to run into trolls. And sometimes a, an unflattering photo is going to come out, and it is what it is. You know, it's, uh, it's something where if you, if, here's the thing. If you're overly sensitive about that stuff, 
and you try to be sensitive about every single thing that comes out that's not necessarily flattering, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> so, like, I just, like, I don't think that it's right to do that. I would never shame him for for that consciously. I would never want to do that. You know, but at the same time, I think that, you know, the, the sooner, the quicker he's able to move on and and put this uh, put this behind him, the better. That's, that's my thought on the process. So hopefully that in, that's interpreted more. I'm not encouraging people going out and shaming this guy. Whatever. That's not, not at all. If anything, I'm just like, everybody concentrate on your own lives, concentrate on your own bodies. Stop it. So, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, people just need to lay off, man. Focus on, you know, focus on the more positive things in life. So, that's basically, in a nutshell. Precisely, dude. Yeah, that's basically, in a nutshell, we got going on. Yeah, absolutely. If anything, dude, like, the person that they should probably be complaining about is the costume designer. And, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what it is, man. Like, if anything, like, it, it's like, I did see the picture, and it does look like it's very, it, it, it's not skin tight, it's like very, very loose on him, and it makes him look a lot skinnier than, than he might be, so really, honestly, I'd be like, yo, uh, costume guy, what are you doing, man? That's what my, that's, that's what I'd be talking to, and wondering what's going on there, so that's, that's, that's my thought on that, but anyway. We have not spoken months, but I have seen on my Facebook that you started working out heavy uh, you started putting out uh, like black and white videos of you working out. So what's 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 going on with that? <laughs> so I was doing a I was doing a um, a challenge uh, for a month. Uh, it was part of the martial arts school that that I was with, where you do a hundred push-ups and fifty burpees a day. Um, I think I ended up doing twenty-five of thirty days successfully towards the end of, and it was all while I was on tour with my band. So. Um, you know, at least half of that time I was on tour with my band. So there was a lot of times where we were moving and I was exhausted and uh, I'm not making excuses. <laughs> I'm not. But uh, that's what that was all about. And, uh, yeah, I definitely came back stronger. Like, I'm usually uh, a guy that likes to go to the gym and, and work out. Um, I've, I've been taking it pretty seriously for the past two or three years. And, um, yeah, I, I enjoy it. It's, it's kind of like a, like a like, nice little thing to look forward to throughout the week. Is to, is to get a workout in. So that was a challenge for me, though. It was uh, that's because I'm used to lifting heavy things and putting them down rather than like the endurance type of thing. Uh, so it kind of switched things up. It was nice. It was a good time. And everybody from the school was like, you know, posting videos of themselves doing it just to prove that they were doing said workout. So um, yeah, so that's why I was doing that. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering because I was like, what in the world is he trying to do? Like a workout program right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I can understand. It's like, oh, look at me, look at my muscles. Look at me sweating. Oh, so sexy. No, it's not the reason why I'm doing it. It's just like, just prove that I did it and that you should do. And that was just kind of the thing. That was, it was just a challenge that, that everybody else was doing and, and, and other people successfully did. Um, yeah, way better than I did, most likely, and uh, yeah, it, that's what that was all about. So it was fun; it was a good time. Oh, okay. All right. Well, we definitely, I definitely have to give my congratulations to you on definitely going forward with that because exercise is important. Thank you. 
thank you, man. Like the tour, the tour was a lot of fun. It was great to see the country. It was great to be with Adelita's way and Dead Girls Academy. Get to meet them and Zero Theorem and hang out and be, uh, you know, it was just they showed us a really good time. They showed us the ropes on a few things, and it was it was a fun tour for sure. Absolutely. So where, so how is the state of Small Town Titans looking now? Where are you guys at now? Well, we're back home. We're playing. We're playing a show or two here at home, and uh, you know, working on the next move. We're working with our team right now on some things uh, with with a song of ours, and uh, also um, working on getting on the next tour. And that usually is something where it doesn't drop on our lap until you know a few weeks out, and then we get ready, we announce, and get all that stuff. So we're just we're back home. We're decompressing, and we're getting ready for the next thing. Cool. Cool, man. I, I, def, I definitely have, I definitely appreciate, I definitely appreciate, you know, the, the level that you guys have worked hard. Um, cause I've, I've followed you guys from a distance for like a couple years now and to yeah. see where you guys started and to see where you guys are at now. And, uh, it, and, and, and y'all kind of caught my attention because that's how I first met you. Y'all were performing, and then I was like a shooter. I was like one of the videographers with uh, Springwood Productions, and that's yeah, how we kind of all met up. Yeah. And just to see how far you guys have come, uh, it's, it's just something It's just something great to see. I'm always, I'm always rooting for people to win, so I'm glad y'all are winning right now. You know what I mean? It's just going to continue from there. You know what I mean? Thank you, Everett. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about where we're at, how far we've come in the last year. Um, a lot of cool things have been starting to pick up, and it, it's really cool to see the snowball starting to roll more more quickly here. It's really, really cool. And, uh, yeah, yeah, sweet. And Springwood's been a part of that, man. They, they helped us out with, with uh, um, a lot of our videos uh, these uh, these past few months, which is, which is great. So um, it's all a big journey, and we're all on it. So, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. I, I definitely – you know, there's nothing gr- people get really hung up on the destination and don't enjoy the journey. Oh yeah, dude. I, I, I totally get that, you know, and that's the thing, like this whole, like this tour that, um, that I was just on, like we got to see so much of the country and it was just so amazing to be able to see all the different terrain and different areas and talk to different people and just see, what it's all about and how big America is. It's amazing to see um, all that. And um, it was really, yeah, it's about, it's, 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 as cliche as it sounds, it's about the journey just as much as the destination. It truly, truly is. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Phil, for coming on. We definitely appreciate it. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. where can, where can they, uh, where can they get more information about the small town Titans? Where can they get more information about you being a vocal coach? Where can they get more information yeah. about everything you're doing in general? Best thing to do, um, look up small town to like, you know, use your favorite search engine, like Google, you know, type in small town Titans. You'll find everything about us there. Go to smalltowntitans.com. You know, you can, um, also become a patron through Patreon. It's essentially like a little fan club we've got over there where you get all kinds of exclusive stuff that, like, you know, other people don't. That's been really awesome. You know, every time that we put out a piece of art, you're contributing to that. So that's cool. 
Um, Lucille on the Wolf, uh, my other project, we have new music coming out on August 17th, Friday. That'll be available on all streaming services, all over the world. Games of Thrones called Lazarus, so check that out for sure if you're born to like folk Americana rock thing. And uh, yeah, and then as far as me being a voice coach, I'm based out of Lancaster and Harrisburg area. So, uh, and I also teach online. If you type in my name uh, and type in voice coach, you'll find all the information there um, via your favorite search engine. And uh, yeah, my schedule's open, so feel free to hit me up. So you know what that means, people. That means that he don't work for free. So I'm be coming here trying to get free <laughs> lessons because I know how you are, especially especially y'all I'll that live you, in. I'll tell you what, though. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, no, no, sorry. no. Go on. I'm just giving people warning. I'm just, I'm just trying to look out for, for you. People, for people who can't afford the lessons, I also have a YouTube channel as well. So, like, you know, there's, there's all kinds of stuff on there. That, like, you know, all kinds of good free shit that you can use to, to, you know, improve your voice and stuff. And you don't have to, you know, I mean, as, as, as much as I would like people to invest in themselves and go find a voice coach of some type, if it's just not possible, YouTube's a great resource for that. And I have a channel there that goes over the basic concepts and stuff that is working immensely well for me so um that's another thing that people can do they can check out stuff on so. all right so go check phil out we want to thank you guys for joining us phil i appreciate you for coming on uh the yeah, next time thank you. thank you yeah absolutely no problem and the next time that i'm in your area we got to hang out yeah dude. yes we do absolutely hit me up when, when you're in lancaster area that would be a lot of fun to hang out yeah, absolutely. I'll I'll let you know. So for Phil, for myself, this has been another edition of Audio Airstrike. Until next time, everybody, take care. This has been another edition of Audio Airstrike. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes under the username at Audio Airstrike. Thank you for listening. Until next time, take care.